0: In this episode, we are looking at a section from my book about why your why matters. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big changes. So if you're new to the podcast, you may not know this, but back in 2019, I published a book, my first book by the same name as this podcast, Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Uh, And the goal was to take the learnings up to that point from the show uh, and distill them into actionable, practical um, uh, advice that anyone could pick up and apply to their situation. And I'm going to be honest. I think the book accomplished that. I think uh, I'm proud of the work that was accomplished in that book. However, I don't talk about it much. And I think a big part of why I don't is just because it feels a little weird. Like it feels a little strange to say that I have a book or to. Um, sort of acknowledge what the book is about and what I tried to accomplish. Um, And at some point when I was writing it, it became far more about getting the book to exist than it was about any outcomes for the book. And so once I accomplished that goal, once it was published, once it was available in bookstores, once I did that initial round of events, it just felt like, all right, well, I'm done with that. Now, I don't have to tell you that this is a shame. This is a a poor way to approach something that you spent an enormous amount of time creating and putting out into the world and something that could help a lot of people. So this episode is meant to start to explore that content a little bit further. Now, some of you listening to this may have read the book. You may have found it somewhere, picked it up, read it cover to cover. And so this episode will be a little bit of a recap for you. For those who haven't read the book, this should serve as an introduction. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a section from one of the chapters. I've picked out a section here on the importance of why. We're going to be talking about finding your why. We're going to be uh, better understanding why that matters and why it helps us to not only drive our behavior, but drive the the behavior of those around us uh, to get people to support us. And we're going to talk about how to get started on that journey. And what I would love for you to do if you listen to this segment and you want to hear more pick up a copy of the book. I've done an audiobook version, recorded myself. I also, of course, have the written version. Um, But I think what I'm going to start doing is circling back and uh, sharing selections from the book more often, just because I think that it's something we can really gain a lot of value from. Chapter three, the importance of why. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Friedrich Nietzsche. Why is Apple so innovative? This is one of the first questions Simon Sinek, the New York Times bestselling author of Start With Why, asks in his wildly popular TED Talk titled, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. This question, as simple as it may seem, led Simon to theorize the reasons why some companies and some people seem to be able to move others to action, whether that action is buying a product or working harder, while the vast majority of companies and people are not able to do that. He called this theory the golden circle, and it lays out the foundation for a why-centered approach to business, one that many around the world have adopted into their daily behavior. In his words, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. When Apple first opened their doors on April 1, 1976, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak had a clear why behind their product. After spending much of their time toying with the Altair 8800 computer at their local computer club, they decided to create something that was easier to use for the average person. 42 years later, this core why can still be seen in Apple's commitment to creating technology that doesn't feel like technology. Based on Simon's theory, if you want to inspire someone to take action on your behalf, you first need to understand and communicate your reasoning. But before you can convince other people of doing things, you need to convince yourself, right? Luckily, the same principle holds true when trying to inspire yourself to take action. One of the main reasons people don't accomplish the things they'd like to do or even come close is because we lose the initial excitement and momentum that drove us to set the goal in the first place. We go through stages one and two. We get fired up after a moment of frustration and we become singularly focused on changing our life. But then we get stuck in the second stage because it takes a while to find an option that resonates the more time passes between the initial motivation and the decision, the less likely it is that we will move forward. Think about your New Year's resolutions from last year. If you're like most Americans, you probably went through the following cycle. One, excitement for the new year and its seemingly endless potential to reset and take control of your life. Two, Motivation during the first few days of exploring new options or even execution. 3. Realization of how difficult sticking with it actually is. 4. Frustration and eventually lack of interest as you fall back into existing habits. Does that process sound familiar? It's not just about New Year's resolutions either. All of our unaccomplished goals tend to follow a similar pattern. Setting and then subsequently dropping New Year's resolutions is a pastime around the world. On the surface, this could be a good thing. After all, if we are setting resolutions every year, it means that there is a moment in time each year when people wake up and try to start living their life consciously rather than walking through it in a zombie-like haze. When we dive deeper, though, New Year's resolutions might be doing more damage than good, After failing at accomplishing their resolutions for a few years in a row, some people make the unfortunate decision to stop consciously setting goals altogether because it seems, in the short term, easier not to set any goals rather than fail and deal with the frustration. It's an unfortunate decision that keeps them trapped in a cycle. Setting goals isn't the real issue that needs to be addressed. The problem lies in the reason behind our goals. Again, if you're like most people, you probably create your New Year's resolutions as a part of the annual ritual. That's not to say you don't want to accomplish these goals, but by doing it because you feel like you should or because everyone else is doing it, you're not emotionally connecting. This is why taking the time to figure out your why is an important step. It might seem difficult to find a why, especially one that seems worth pursuing, but the benefits of having one are real. Your why is the thing that stops you from quitting when things get tough and you just want to throw in the towel. It's what drives you to move forward when you experience failure after failure with no chance of success in sight. Your why is the engine behind the day-to-day actions you'll need to take in order to create real change in the long term. Let's look at an example of how this might play out in practice. Dave has a goal to increase his income by 50% over the next three years. His why for this goal is that he wants his daughter to graduate from college debt-free or with very little debt and start her adult life further ahead than he did. To make this happen, he's decided ahead of time to do a few things. One, get consecutive raises at work at each annual review. Two, start a side business, three, create a separate savings account, and four, set up automatic transfers that come out of his account before he sees them. That's a very basic strategy, right? But executing this plan will result in the successful completion of the goal. When you really break it down, the required steps to accomplishing any goal are usually pretty simple and straightforward. We're logical creatures and can reason out the steps required to make something happen. So why don't most of us achieve more of our goals? Well, there are two challenges we face. One, getting started on our goals after we've identified the steps. And two, building momentum to keep us going until the actions become normal. Luckily, finding a strong why can help us navigate these pitfalls quite well. But let's dive deeper into these two factors to explore why they affect us so much and how we should be thinking about them. Why We Struggle With Getting Started Did you know that when you try to move any object, it requires more force to get it moving than it will require to keep it going? This happens because of two physical forces called static friction, the force that keeps a stationary object at rest, and kinetic friction, the force that brings it to a stop once it's moving. In general, static friction is greater than kinetic friction, which is why it requires more force up front to get a stationary object moving than it requires to keep it moving. Have you ever noticed how difficult it is to get started on something? How no matter how badly you might want it, it feels impossible to get moving. But then, once you do start, it suddenly feels easier and easier to keep things moving in the right direction and progressing. Like all other objects in the world, we're experiencing static friction pushing against us whenever we consider starting. All the small things in our day-to-day life contribute to making it more difficult. Maybe we don't feel like we have enough time. Maybe our kids are demanding. Maybe we're just overwhelmed constantly. Whatever it is that is holding us back can be considered a form of static friction, doing its job in keeping us in one place. Once we manage to overcome that force, however, using whatever means necessary, it takes far less energy for us to keep things going than it did for us to start. Taking action toward the goals we've set will be much easier if you realize the biggest commitment of energy will need to be in the beginning of virtually everything you do whether it's learning a new language, getting yourself to the gym, or starting up a business. Eventually, the new activity will become one of habit and will be far easier to maintain than it was to get started. How to keep things going once you've started. So, you've managed to get started, but that doesn't mean you can just slack off. Success, after all, requires a disciplined pursuit of progress every single day. Thankfully, When you start something, you are far more likely to return to it at a later time. This is called the Avsiankina effect. Theorized by psychologist Maria Avsiankina. the effect states that humans have a tendency to pick up an interrupted action again when it has still not been achieved. The act of starting something and not achieving it causes us to consistently think about that thing and the fact that it was never completed. It becomes a quasi-need, a short-term need based not on anything we actually require for survival, but instead on the situation you find yourself in. For example, if you are caught in the rain, you feel like you need an umbrella or a raincoat. That need isn't biological, but it is strong enough to cause you to take action in a similar way that a biological need to eat would. Being conscious of the kina effect can do wonders for you when trying to accomplish a goal because it allows you to, once started, feel as though you need to return to the goal and see it through to completion. So that's it for this round. Uh, I think I'm going to do this more often. I think there are a number of little nuggets in this book that are worth bringing to light um, one because I think just in the context of an episode, in the context of uh, something we can we can take value and action from. I think there's a lot there to work with. Um, and two because if you've never read the book, if you have no interest in reading the book, I think that there's still really important pieces of it that we should explore together. So I really enjoyed this. I want to hear your thoughts, though. Reach out to me on any social media. I've got my links in the description of this episode. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts and whether or not you want me to do this again. So with that said, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for spending the time. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.